Welcome to the Demand Excellence Podcast. So excited to have Coach Alan Rudolph, the offensive line coach at Ohio University, on the show today. We're talking a little bit about faith, a little bit about running game philosophy, a little bit about inside zone. Got something for everybody. I hope you guys enjoy the show today. All right, everybody, I'm here with another uh, session of our Demand Excellence Podcast, and we call this Transformational Leadership. I'm here with Coach. Um, uh, Coach Alan Rudolph from he's at Ohio University right now. Uh, last year he was at Arkansas State, and and he's also coached in the Canadian Football League. Um, and and he's a man of faith as well. He's a believer in Jesus Christ. And last year I got to meet him as he was recruiting, and man, it was just a uh, blessing to be able to to get to meet him. And so, Coach, would you tell the listeners kind of your background? Uh, where you went to college and kind of your road to Ohio right now? Yeah, um, you know, I started, my dad's a longtime high school football coach in the state of Mississippi, and uh, actually I was signed as a punter to Nickel State University and uh, was terrible as a punter when I got there. And uh, the O-line coach grabbed me and said, hey, uh, one day in the weight room, said, hey, why don't you come uh, play center? And uh, so I ended up starting three years at center and was a team captain for a couple years at there. We were a really bad football team. That's why, uh, that's why I had the opportunity <laughs> to actually play. But uh, that's kind of where I played, and I stayed on there and started my coaching career there and, and then uh, met my wife in Thibodeau. Uh, she's, a, she's a South Louisiana girl. And um, then went to a little school called Colin Community College. That was kind of my first job outside of my little little egg or whatever nest of people at Nickel State. And uh, went to Mississippi College for a couple of years, Louisiana Monroe for a couple of years, uh, Sanford University in Birmingham for a couple of years, and then southeastern Louisiana and then up to Canada and and Arkansas State uh, the last three years, and then uh, 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 Ohio University was hired there at the end of February. I know I also have our defensive coordinator here, uh, Brett Collier, so so he can chime in and ask a question when when he wants to. Uh, But, Coach, before I get into X's and O's, I remember you talking to me about your faith being tested up there in Canada. And it was, I, I, I can't remember the exact story. It was something about you stressing out over your, your, your players giving up sacks. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think coaches, you know, they don't really talk about it much, but we have a lot of mental issues. Yep. <laughs> I know that I do. Yes. Um, and it's, it's the stress and it's their performance. Can you speak to that a little bit and how you relied on uh, Christ to get you through that? One of the biggest things that I learned about professional football is that it more than the college football that I've been experienced with? It is a production business, and um, I you see so many guys, whether it's players or coaches, in a professional league, move on or get moved on. So, long story short, uh, we had gone to the Grey Cup my first year up there, uh, weren't real good, but got hot at the right time. And uh, so the next year, 
we open up in a Grey Cup rematch, and uh, the first play of the game, my starting right tackle uh, gets hurt. And at that time in the CFL, we had uh, we had six guys active, six O linemen active. So I have one extra guy. Okay, and uh, so we move we moved the guy out to right tackle. Brought the sixth guy off of the bench. Well, I had had to make a decision during training camp uh, about this gentleman uh, that was our sixth guy. And uh, I made a very poor decision, uh, you know, for a lot of a lot of reasons, but uh, learned a lot from it. But um, anyway, we ended up giving, a ton, giving up a ton of sacks that night. I think we gave up nine. Um, and... I knew I could feel you felt the pressure of our performance being so poor. Um, I knew that I'd made a personnel, a poor personnel decision that was a big part of the reason we gave up so many sacks. To be honest with you, you just don't make those kind of mistakes. There's a price to pay for those type of mistakes. So we're getting ready to play Edmonton, who by far has the best, in my opinion, collective group of defensive linemen and um, the next week after the Edmonton game uh, we had an open date which was the perfect time if they were going to make a move they would have two weeks to get a new a new guy in there to coach the group so a lot of pressure felt a lot of pressure um, never in my life have I not wanted to coach a football game um, <laughs> I was saved when I was eight years old, uh, you know, so faith was not, I don't question uh, when it's all said and done where I'm going, uh, but I think football had kind of become way too big uh, and way too important, and uh, because that was the, that was so important in my life, uh, the pressure of it got to me, and uh um, I never will forget, I'm sitting in Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. The offense coordinator uh, is the be my best friend in the world. And uh, he said, listen, he knew, he knew I was, he said, listen, I'm bringing you Ruth's Chris. We went through our normal pre-game routine the night before the game. And uh, we go through and talk about the game, talk about what possible adjustments we may need to make based on what adjustments we think the defense may make to what we're doing, what our game plan is. And uh, we get finished, and I had been praying. I, I had a knot in my stomach. Um, and uh, after we finished eating, I had to go to the bathroom. And this is probably not the best thing to tell on a podcast, but I had to go sit down in the bathroom of – Ruth Chris Steakhouse in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, and I'm just sitting there praying, and, and I've got a knot in my stomach, and I don't want to coach. I, I, first game of my life, I did not want to be a part of this game because I truly understood what the consequences possibly could be. And I've got my wife and my family in Canada. And if, this, if I get fired, how do we get, how do we get out of Canada? You know. All those kind of things, I'm sitting there trying to handle them humanly on my own, process them uh, in my own head, um, and very, very quietly 
in that bathroom, um, God came to me and basically slapped me and said, hey, dude, do you believe in me? Do you trust me? If you do, I've got you. And it gave me an unbelievable freedom. Um, you know, he, <laughs> through his death and resurrection, we have an unbelievable freedom. Uh, and sometimes I, I think we forget about that. Sometimes, you know, I was looking at football. Football had become too big. Um, and, and get your eyes on me, and I've got you. Doesn't mean I wasn't going to get fired. Right. And I felt him tell me that. Yeah. That mean I'm gonna get that mean right. that mean y'all gonna go play well tomorrow. Yeah. You know, uh, but stop worrying about it. Stop letting that affect uh what you're supposed to be doing, uh, which is uh, witnessing for me. Yeah. Um, and that's kinda you know, that's kinda the experience. So every now and then I'll kinda circle back, you know. I hate it, but I guess we're human and, and we're wired that way. Um, but but I'll start. Other things will get too big, and uh, he'll find his own way to bring me bring me back, um, just like he did up there. Coach, for uh, you know, you said a lot there about you know uh, football becoming too big for you and things getting kind of out of order. Mm-hmm. What's some advice you would give us and some of the listeners about? Making sure you keep your priorities right. Making sure you keep your life in order because you know football is important to all of us. I mm-hmm. think sometimes it can be too important. We uh, we get things out of order sometimes. So what? Speaking of that a little bit, some advice for us. Uh, you know what? The, the 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 number one daily, hourly prayer, minute by minute prayer, conversation with God. Um, uh, not necessarily having to be on your knees somewhere in a quiet room. Just uh, as I was walking down from the car uh, to the uh, to the field house today, there was three minutes of right. quiet time that I could thank him for what he's done for me. But just that constant conversation, um, something that I struggle with. I am not a big reader, uh, but but uh, and. You know, when I know my life's getting a little bit out of whack, when I feel it, uh, getting in the Bible daily. And I'm, I, I'm terrible at it. That's one of the things that he is burdening me with to become better uh, in the Scripture and daily in the Scripture. Uh, but then I think having an accountability partner uh, that you can trust, that you can tell anything to, uh, has always been uh, very, very important for me that when I feel that coming on or when he sees it coming on or she, whoever that accountability partner is, that they will say, hey, hey, dude, I see I see right. that cycle happening again. Hey, you know, get, get, get it back right and get it back straight, you know. No, I was struggling um, at the end of this football season. I was just struggling with a bunch of stuff. Um, basically, probably my priorities had got out of whack. And, you know, so I, I start reflecting on the fruits of the Spirit. For whatever reason, that's where God took me, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, self-control. I keep, I keep on the podcast, I keep mentioning this. But, you know, what you're talking about, we had that knot in your stomach and, and you had fear, you know, mm-hmm. fear of mm-hmm what was going to happen. And you think about what is the opposite of, of peace, 
fear. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the opposite of, of joy? Well, fear, mm-hmm. um, being scared. And, and, and so I was walking by somebody and, and I said a comment. I said, you know, I'm trying to have love, joy, peace, patience, you know, all the fruits of the Spirit. But you know what? I don't have any of them. I have the fruits of Satan or whatever. <laughs> um, I said, I, you know, but uh, he said, that's because they're fruits of the Spirit. He's like, only in the Spirit, in Christ, do you have love, joy, peace, patience. And, and I think that, our, you know, we're called to do a, a great job with whatever God has called us to do. Whatever we put our hands to, we want to glorify the Lord with it. But the problem that I have is, and you mentioned this, is I say I trust God, but I really don't trust God. And that's when I get into that horrible um, just fear. I don't like going to practice. I don't like playing in games i'm coaching in games not not out of joy of winning but out of fear, fear of, of losing. losing exactly and um so um but you know so i think that's one thing that all coaches struggle with and, and and we all have to work through um so as a football coach as an o-line coach what you know you got all these teams throwing the ball all the time um, you know, I guess at Canada, y'all threw all the time. Yep. Um, what what is your preference? I mean, to run the ball, to throw the ball. What's kind of your philosophy offensively? I would. Uh, it's funny, you know. I've I've been been a part of successful football teams both directions. I think whatever fits fits the talent that you have the best. I think is. Uh, the, the most important thing to do. I, I learned that from my dad a long time ago. Um, you know, do what your guys can do. Right. And the, the fortunate thing at, at, at the collegiate level is we have the opportunity to recruit to a philosophy. Um, so philosophically, I would love to run the ball down people's throats. I just, yeah. I, I think that I, I think that being a physical football team requires that you are able to run the football as well as stop the run. Right. And I think it's very hard defensively to stop the run if you don't have an offense that runs the football. Absolutely. I think that's you know misunderstood. Where people don't understand that your offensive identity a lot of times shapes your defensive identity. And, and vice versa. Right. Vice versa. You know, he, he has the same mentality. He wants to run the ball down people's throat, you know, pound you, physical football game. Well, that shapes our defense because that's who we yes. are and that's what we see. And that's the message they're getting throughout the whole program. Yes. So um, I just think that's something that a lot of coaches overlook. But I think I think there are years where we're always going to be a physical football team, physical offense, but there are years that – Maybe you're going to throw the ball because of your talent level, right? Uh, uh, and your percentages are going to be a little bit skewed one way or the other, depending on depending on the talent that you have. You no, know? no, no question. <clears throat> so at Ohio, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember watching him on TV under Frank Solich. I mean, he's a he's a run the guy down your throat type of guy. Yeah, gonna 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 try to take your will from you, right? You know, and and uh, so as an O line coach, I. And as a guy that has a physical philosophy um, that the game has to be played in a physical way, 
you know, it's been a joy to, to definitely be a part of that. What, um, what is the, you know, what's your base run plays there at Ohio? Our base run play is going to be the inside zone. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to be a counter power. And then Coach Solich is always going to sprinkle and have option as part of the offensive package. Uh, it may only show up once, twice, or ten times a game, depending on, you know, what the defense has given us. But uh, defensively, you're going to need to be prepared and, and always have that in the back of your mind that we may we may run option on you and and you're going to have to be option sound how much uh how much rpo are you guys doing not not a not a ton of rpo we you know we, we do have a few um but but not a ton of rpo last year last year we averaged throwing the football 25 times a game um and we averaged 70 plays a game um so i'm not great with math but that's about 45 45 to 50 carries a game right you know and and 20, 20 to 25 throws a game that's right with two-thirds run two-thirds run but but i would say that um, uh, of those 25 a game probably eight were drop back the rest were play action or some type of RPL, right? Uh, you know, but but when you run the football that well, then your play action stuff is going to be. Right. But it, it's not going to be. We're not necessarily not going to run the football just because the numbers don't always look great. Right. We're going we're to find ways to to try to make our numbers right. like we want them to run the football, uh, which I think goes back to that. Uh, philosophical thought process right. of hey, we're going to run the football. You know, I think. You can take people out of RPOs, you know. I right. mean, you can take people out of running the football and make them throw it every down, right? If you give them certain looks, right. which takes away some of that. Well, we're going to find ways to get the numbers, or try to get the numbers to what we want them to look like. Uh, even though you may have a numbers advantage, we're still going to find a way to try to bloody somebody's nose right. a little bit. You know. You have way more experience than me, but I found, you know, trying to throw the ball, um, it, I want explosive plays offensively, mm-hmm. you know, explosive plays. But, you know, I know i got to be methodical and get the, and bait the defense in order to get that. I find that it's just much easier to get an explosive play off a of play action mm-hmm. than it is just line up in four wide, throw it around all the time. Because if you can run the ball effectively – all the eyes start looking into the backfield. Everybody starts creeping up, and then boom, you uh, you can hit them for a big play. Do you have you, do you see the same thing? Yes. Yeah. I think you either got to be a, uh, you got to have a, a a superior talent advantage, or you've got to create a talent advantage by getting people's eyes doing what they don't need to be doing. Right. Um, you know, and when you balance everything up because of recruiting or because of you guys when you're playing those really good football teams that you have to play, uh, the talent advantage disappears, and now you've got to get people's eyes doing what you want them to do to get what you want to get to. Absolutely. So speaking of inside zone, you know, because in high school, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite of what you just said. We're a power counter team. And we practice inside zone every single week, but it's my last resort. Like, mm-hmm. you're shutting all my, my favorite stuff down. Okay, I'm going to resort to the inside zone. Right. 
What's the best way to coach the inside zone, if that's even a good question? I mean, what, what, what do you think makes inside zone effective, the most effective? Uh, the ability to distort the defense. I, I'm going to start with distortion. Uh, if you can't distort the defense, then you can't – if you allow the defense to be able to play with their pattern of defense, how they want to play, then you will not be effective. We're gap schemes now. We have angles on the pattern of the defense, so to speak. Zone football, to me, you either create distortion vertically with double teams or horizontally – with single blocks but movement because of landmarks. Landmarks of the old linemen that are married to the landmark of the back. Right. Um, and, and the thing I have found is when you are a little bit uh, more athletic, um, I've gotten a lot I've had a lot more success running wide zone or gap scheme when you're a little bit more powerful and can move things because of what you are up front, then we've had a little bit more success running the inside zone. Uh, last year, you know, um, last year Ohio rushed for right at 260 yards a game, I think, uh, 258 and change. Um, had three really good, big, strong, dominant, older, Offensive line, yeah, you know that that created distortion uh, because of who they were as a football player, right? Uh, so I think it, you know, we may end up this year end up looking a little bit more balanced inside zone to power and counter, where last year it was very much skewed heavy toward the inside zone with a little bit of power counter option. Right. Um, it may be a little bit more balanced this year because we graduated uh, three of those three of those linemen. So um, I think again, like we had originally talked about, is what does it what what fits you, right? Uh, and what you have, you know. The um, you know, the last question I always like to ask: um, What advice do you have for? You know, I always say the 23, 24, 25 year old coach, but just but the coach out there. Who's, who's constantly working and, and wants to grow as a coach mm-hmm. and and um, maybe move up and and I don't know where they might be but they have dreams and goals. What what do you have? What kind of advice do you have? Kind of life advice. Number one, of course, <laughs> accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Absolutely, uh, because He's going to make sure, and it's His plan. Sometimes I get a little bit. Uh, I want to go on my own plan, which right. we talked about a little bit earlier. Right. But, uh, you know, it's his plan, and he will take care of you if if he is the Lord of your life. Uh, so that's going to be the first thing. But I would say be a great person. Be a good person. Be be a loyal person. Be, be, be somebody that has a great reputation because of who they are uh, within this profession. Uh, because I think um, I want to work with and and I think most of the coaches that I've been around want to work and be around good quality men. Uh, And then the next thing I would say is advice is study the game. Mm -hmm. 
study the game. To me, sometimes I watch football, and I, and I don't know that we're studying the game. Um, you know, and, and and that would be the biggest. Don't worry about climbing the ladder. Let your let your what you put on film. Let that be your resume, and let that allow you to climb the ladder because of the reputation you gain as a person and what you put on what you put on film by becoming a great football coach yeah uh, you know it's not about whose whose name you know and what name you can drop and uh, climbing the ladder and let me move to this job or move to that job because what it could potentially do for me professionally because at the end of the day God's in control of that anyway it really doesn't matter what you want or what you think um, uh, so just become the best football coach you can be and be the best person you can be. And that would be the biggest piece of advice that, that, that I would give to guys. I think this day and age, it's changed a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm 48, and, and when I was coming up, you had to pay your dues. You very seldom saw young guys get paid, get those jobs that everybody sought. You didn't see – young guys doing that you know that you paid your dues you you painted fields you did whatever you had to do i remember i never will forget i had a coach tell me one time don't tell me how rough the waters are get the ship to the shore you know yeah, yeah. um and and what he was telling me is i told him it had been raining a bunch and i couldn't paint the fit he didn't care he <laughs> wanted right. the field paint yeah. you know so get it done yeah. uh, you know i, I think we we're missing some of that in this profession uh, a little bit, you know, yeah. uh, that part of it. I really do. No doubt. You got anything, Coach Carr? No, I appreciate it. Appreciate your time, Coach. Nice meeting you. Thank you all. Well, Coach, I always end it with a prayer, if you don't mind. Love it. Lord, we come before you today. Just want to praise and thank you for loving us, Lord. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we praise and thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Uh, Lord, I praise and thank you for uh, Coach, and I just pray that you would continue to be with him, and uh, Lord, that you would lead him and guide him as he influences, Lord, um, uh, first and foremost, his, his wife and his family, and then, Lord, the players that he coaches, and then the, the fans, and, and anybody he has a sphere of influence over, Lord, may he shine as a light for Jesus Christ, and Lord, we praise and thank you for him, and Lord, I praise and thank you that I can meet men like him as they're recruiting, and uh, Lord, it's an encouragement for me uh, to see other men out there who are believers uh, doing it the right way, putting their hope and their trust in you, and uh, Lord, we love him, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, yes. Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all for what you're doing. Bless the Lord.
Worship your holy name. Worship your holy name. 